Okay, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, this week we are going to be talking about Alpha, a 2018 action-adventure uh, directed by Albert Hughes. You may remember Albert Hughes. He's one of the two Hughes brothers who directed Menace to Society, uh, Dead Presidents, and other uh, films. My special guest here today is Amy, who has a long-time interest in uh, early humans, early hominid, shall we say, and I thought was a very, very good guest for this uh, this week's podcast. So I will just briefly summarize the film, and then we'll jump in. Uh, this film, we are told, takes place 20,000 years ago in Europe, and from the way the events unfold, we are able to discern that this is far northern Europe, as the characters are able to see the northern lights. And a tribe of early humans um, sets out on its annual uh, bison hunt, step bison, I guess you would say, their bison hunt. Um, the main character um, is the son of the the tribal leader, and he is uh, on his first real hunt, and he is being asked to really step up to the plate um, and take part as a full-grown man, and this is very, very difficult for him. He's a bit more of a gentle soul than some of his other clan members, so to speak, um, and he has trouble even killing an animal when, he, when it's, he's called upon to. Um, without giving too much away, he is severely injured in the hunt and unfortunately has to be left for dead. And almost the entire movie catalogs his uh, long journey back to his clan, during which time he befriends uh, a injured wolf that he nurses back to health. Um, and he and the wolf have a lot of adventures together, which we'll cover. And essentially this movie is about uh, the beginning of domestication of canines by humans. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you? So when I saw um, the trailer for this, I immediately thought of you. Um, so I was very, very curious to have you on and get your opinion. So we'll do a deep dive in a minute, but just give us some of your uh, initial thoughts. So I just learned about this movie yesterday. So in fewer than 24 hours, I went from not knowing anything about this to watching the trailer, actually watching about 75% of the trailer and immediately recognizing that um, this has in its crosshairs uh, people who came of age in this genre like I did. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, in the early 80s, I happened upon probably as many people of my, I don't know, interests or, or sort of, I don't know, I was about 13, 14 years old, uh, many people like me discovered the Clan of the Cave Bear series. And this is clearly um, the, the the lineage in which this particular type of movie um, falls into. So anyway, so when I saw this trailer, I thought, okay, this is plugging into everything that I've been thinking about since I was a kid. What's it going to, what, what, is it really going to get there? Is it going to take us um, across the finish line? Uh, I think in probably 99.5% of the film, I absolutely felt like I was on the journey with this boy, on the journey with this wolf, felt very much a part of this story, um, thought that there was a lot of um, sort of technical realism uh, just on the stuff that I've learned over the years after looking at this stuff for a long time. Um, they, they, they pretty much, in my um, estimation, in terms of the, the technical aspects, they nailed it. They really had the pieces... Um, in place, they understood what hunting technology looked like, um, and I definitely want to talk about that later. Um, they understood what 
small family groups look like in early Homo sapiens cultures. Um, and they even hinted at the things that we know nothing about, like their religion, like their spiritual world, um, and the way that families fit together and, and how um, uh, things that the, the actual artifacts can't tell us. So um, this movie is really part of a lineage of films, and we were talking about some of these movies when we walked out. I mean, clearly you can't you can't watch this movie without being <clears throat> very aware of, for example, the two big ones that came to mind for me were obviously *Clan of the Cave Bear*, uh, which departs from the novel significantly, significantly. the film, the the 1986 film, and also the 1981 *Quest for Fire*. Um, you actually. Uh, brought up the the portion of 2001 uh, that features the Dawn of Man sequence, most notably starring Dan Richter as the Moon Watcher uh, character, and um, 10,000 BC, which I think I saw. I don't know if I saw I it with I saw, you. Yeah, I don't know if I saw that one. Uh, that's a little bit more of an adventure than a drama per se. But you know, there's a you know there's a long history of in film of trying to portray the prehistorical period. Um, to a modern audience, and it's hard. And for example, this film, like Castaway, uh, has long segments where there's no dialogue at all, and the story is almost entirely told with the visuals. The main character, who's played, by the way, by Cody Smith McPhee, who's almost unrecognizable in this role, um, you know, he does talk to the wolf sometimes as a way of giving a little exposition to the audience, but uh, other than him talking to the wolf in a few scenes of the other. Uh, primitive humans talking to each other in a sort of limited language. Um, there's not a lot of dialogue. There's maybe 15 minutes of dialogue in this whole film. How do you think that this compares to Quest for Fire or Clan of the Cave Bear as a film? As a film, this is much more... Well, Quest for Fire was pretty linear, I would say. Um, I would never be able to comment without bias about the film of Clan of the Cave Bear because um, of the depth uh, in which I engage with the actual text. Um, and I thought the movie was, frankly, pretty horrible. Um, it's funny, too, because, like, the Daryl Hannah might have been the perfect person to play Ayla. Like, she looks and kind of feels like the way you would imagine somebody could play Ayla in a, a Clan of the Cave Bear film, but but the film was really, really off the mark. But I guess, I guess maybe Clan of the Cave Bear suffers a little bit from uh, the same problem that David Lynch's Dune suffered from. Like, you can't do, you know, a, a 500-page, incredibly dense novel in, you know, 88 minutes. Like, you just can't do it. Well, you you can. Um, can I offer a spoiler? Yeah, no. This, yeah. I mean, it's an ancient movie. The, the movie was so tangled up story-wise. Yeah, we can talk all about the Clan of the Cave Bear movie. It's, no one liked it. It's 30 years old, so we can say whatever right. we want. Yeah, they, they completely destroyed the end and put a modern sensibility that just doesn't belong in it. Um, and actually, um, comparatively speaking, and maybe I'm skipping around a little bit, the one thing about uh, Alpha that bugged me, but it only bugged me for about 10 seconds, um, was an obvious anachronism that shouldn't have been there. Um, this is, by the way, this is really nitpicky. <laughs> is nitpicky. I've heard this already. <laughs> um, in which they refer to time in days. Um, or, sorry, so time in, in, in a week rather than in days, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, but apart from that, it, it kept to the, the time frame and it didn't impart any kind of modern sensibility. Um, it didn't say, um, you know, 
all men are brutes and all women are this. And we, it didn't say that only boys could go out on a quest. It didn't say that, um, or, or that, you know, although that only every, girls. Right, but, although everybody who went on the hunt was a male. Totally fair. Um, and maybe that was a, a, a realistic portrayal of human culture um, at, the, at that point, or even modern human culture of um, people who are sort of untouched by um, what we consider to be technology or um, the way we do things typically. A lot of the movie deals with sort of the mechanics of living in prehistory. Uh, there's a lot of attention paid to fire starting and its difficulty. They're cutting up game, hauling off carcasses. Um, their clothes get wet in the cold and they've got to disrobe and dry their clothes. I mean, it's a little bit, I remember uh, we've talked about Clan of the K-Bear more than I, I care to acknowledge, but you know, when I read Clan of the K-Bear, it very much feels like a travelogue. And this, this also very much felt like, you know, your guided tour through 20,000 uh, years ago in Northern Europe. Um, did you think that the technology was believable that they had? I was. Uh, I, I, I was very engaged by the um, the legitimacy of, of it. What struck me is that they didn't use that they didn't use autolotls. Um, and they well, explain. Oh, most okay. people don't know what that oh, is. Okay. So, so back up. You, back you have up. to spell autolotl okay. before you explain what it is, because <laughs> otherwise it's gibberish. Okay, fair enough. So, um, spear technology is very old. Spear technology kind of comes in two flavors from my limited understanding. One is a very heavy, um, either fire-hardened point or one with a stone point, and they did use stone um, age technology in this in this um, tribe that they're from. Um, and the other is a very lightweight, a lightweight shaft with a, um, a hewn stone tip that is um, meant for for actual throwing. So a heavy, um, hefty spear makes a terrible throwing implement because it's too heavy and you have to be extraordinarily strong um, in order to make that happen. Um, it was very good for thrusting, however. So if you're three to six feet away from your prey, a, a heavy spear with a, a strong end, with a strong tip, makes a lot of sense. But you have to get up that close to something that's going, probably going to attack you too. Now, so spell Otolotl. Otolotl, A-T-L-A-T-L. I believe that is um, a, a South American term that is now used universally, although Otolotls came from, they arose in multiple centers. So it wasn't just one place where they came from. And the idea is that it's a platform on which the spear rests. It extends beyond your hand, makes your arm longer, and essentially acts like a lever so that the individual can impart greater power to something that can actually be thrown. Anyway, this particular device, the Otolotl, did not make an appearance in this film. And the interestingly, the only throwing of spears that actually happened was used in the bison hunt to make a kind of barrier so that the bison would, of their own accord, jump off um, a, a cliff and die at the bottom. Um, thus ending the hunt and making it safer and easier for the for the hunters. Um, the The flip side of all of this was at one point the boy comes upon a tent in which um, he discovers sadly that the it, the occupant has died, but discovers that there is one arrow and one bow. 
Uh, the bow is actually in the man in the dead man's oh, the dead frozen man. hand. Yeah. He has to literally pry pry it from his cold dead hands like a gun from an NRA member. <laughs> well, that's their slogan. That's their slogan. Anyway, so the gist of the gist of this is that he has this complex technology, this bow and arrow, and understands either from experience or because he's bright, how to use this thing. And he has this one arrow that he has to use in a very precarious way at one point. But it was interesting to see that and not the otolotl. Um, I wasn't entirely sure because I would imagine that otolotls were more prevalent. Um, but we're also talking, so again, my knowledge of this or my experience in the, in the literature, so to speak, comes from stories that were meant to be told some 15,000 years prior to when this story is supposed to take place. So maybe bows and arrows were much more prevalent and that was actually very common. Um, what else can I say about um, technology. the technology? So one thing that is, is essential to life on the Northern Steppe, and we know that it's pretty far North, and we also know that early Homo sapiens, even modern, coming on modern Homo sapiens were um, more prevalent in the northern part of Europe, uh, northern part of Asia, where it was extremely cold, is that fire starting had to have been an essential life skill. And this particular individual used um, a fire drill and a platform, um, which is... So explain what that is. So imagine that you are sitting cross-legged on the ground, and in front of you is a flat piece of wood, or a piece of wood that has a kind of divot dug into it. And next to it... Next to it are um, some shavings or some very thin pieces of grass or something that can easily catch a spark. Now, into that divot, you have a smooth, well-hewn, um, well, um, uh, pointed stick that you are going to rub between your two hands and push down on so that you're creating a ton of friction between the, the spinning shaft and the platform. That's a fire drill. There are lots of ways people have um, evolved to figure out how to make this better. But doing it by yourself, from all that I am told, and I promise you I haven't done it myself, doing it by yourself is very tiring and very hard. And it's perhaps the hardest way to create fire. And actually now... So anyway, so he had to do this um, right. multiple times, but he didn't know as a 15 or a 16-year-old, he didn't know how to do it, which I thought was really interesting. I thought it might be a skill that a child would learn. Um, but he obviously had to come into the skill himself. What's really interesting is although these were clearly Stone Age techno technologists, they understood how to nap stone well, they didn't understand flint. Well, they don't show them using yeah. flint in the film. Maybe they so, don't have it. So flint, flint is... Um, I don't know why it, it does this, but if you strike it properly, it creates a spark. Um, so it was interesting that they had all this technology, but not this particular piece of the technology. And, and he had to come into his own, um, understanding and strength to be able to build a fire by hand. And Cody Smith McPhee, who plays, uh, Keita, the main character, he's supposed to be, I mean, he looks like he's supposed to be an adolescent. Like he, he, he has to figure out a lot on his own. Like, uh, like he doesn't seem to know that much. Like he's... He's often sort of winging it. Like, he seems to be able to do some things that you'd imagine a teenager could do, but at the other times, like, he seems to lack some key knowledge. Um, so, 
what do you think of the story? I mean, this is a very straight story. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. a lot about White Fang, right, from the Without from the Jack doubt. London, sort of all the similar themes. I mean, the story is a very straight story. Literally, the entire story. We're not giving any spoiler away here. Is that he and the wolf have to get home? That's the entire story. I mean, it's almost it's almost Disney esque in that regard, right? I mean, this is you could argue that this is a, a kids movie, um, in that the main character is a boy and his dog essentially just trying to get home. But it's also a boy and his dog trying to figure out how to be a boy and his dog in an environment in which nobody had a dog. Dogs and and humans were not, uh, um, is assimilated the right word? Acculturated to work with one another. And one of the things that's fascinating along the way is that they develop this microculture between the two of them in which he's talking to the to the wolf. It's not really a dog at that point. He's talking to the wolf, and the wolf is sort of responding. And he learns to whistle, and the dog learns, or the wolf learns to come to the to the whistle. Um, but they have to learn how to be partners, and who is truly the alpha in the relationship. The the wolf clearly has strength and expertise that the boy doesn't have. But right, the, the wolf is in its natural element the whole movie. Right, but the boy then talks to the wolf as if the boy is in charge and at the, when when they're um, eating the food and the wolf clearly wants some of the food the boy says to the to the wolf don't worry I'll feed you just not yet you don't right. get to eat yet and I, I whispered um, to my companion at that point that the alpha I wonder if the alpha always eats first and he was trying to teach the wolf a lesson Maybe. by saying I get to eat first I'm in charge um uh, what was I gonna say? Um, you know, the the a lot of their relationship centers around the fact that they realize that they can hunt better together than either of them can in isolation. They can sort of team up against other animals or prey or come at an animal from two different directions, and sort of like the the human slash canine hunting relationship that literally continues to this day. Several of my friends hunt with their dogs. Um, so I guess somebody had to have the first canine as a hunting companion. Um, it's filmed really well. Uh, the The movie looks great. Uh, the cinematography is by somebody. I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin this, but it's Martin Geschlacht, who I looked up and has not done a ton of other films. So for someone who maybe this is probably the biggest film that uh, he has under his belt. Uh, it looks fantastic. There's a lot of panoramic scenes. You feel like it's 20,000 years ago. There's no hint of technology. There's no hint of the modern world. And, and there's a lot of scenes of them at night. And, you know, the only light that they have at night is either the stars, the moon, or, or a campfire. And the scenes at night are often very, very convincing. Um, looks cold. Yeah, it looks cold <laughs> it looks the whole really time. Cold. And, and again, you know, like the, the movie spans several weeks to months the actual time frame is unclear but they set out on the hunt uh in clearly much warmer weather and then the movie takes place over the course of several weeks in what looks like uh the heart of winter uh, as he is trying to get back through storms and snow and ice you know the they touch a little bit on religion right um we don't see a ton of it but they have some beliefs in an afterlife or another world. Well, but I think this, this, as you were saying just a few minutes ago, um, is, is integral to the trajectory of the story because when the boy is injured 
and when he is left for dead, they have a funeral for him. Um, and I was thinking at the time that they could see his body thinking he was dead, but they didn't have a body in hand. And they did what was best for their clan, which is they left. Right. They, they left. Moved, they moved on. And, you know, he woke up and had to kind of figure out where he was and realizes he's alone and walk the trek back through this incredibly cold season. Um, when he does, well, can I go to the end? Um, I well, I guess it? we have to announce there's a spoiler. She, this is just, yeah. just came out, so if you want to say something, you, you well, spoiler uh, alert. Well, let's just say, without doing too much of a spoiler alert, it was interesting that um, overall the, the people involved, although they had a spiritual life, were extraordinarily practical, and they didn't mistake um, one for the other. Um, and I was pretty impressed by that. It didn't start getting off into... Um, Things that even you and I and, and modern viewers would have trouble swallowing. It was very, very down-to-earth and practical. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. I mean, I, I'm not as nearly as big a, a fan of uh, the, you know, uh, stone, bone, and antler genre as you are. Uh, but I, I was very interested to see it, and I thought it worked well. And, you know, it's very easy for a movie like this to sort of degenerate into camp or silliness or for them to be too modern in their attitudes or the way that they appear to think or have too much knowledge. But these were convincing individuals for me uh, for a movie set 20,000 years ago. Like they had the knowledge of the world around them and what they needed to learn that know that I would expect for, you know, people of this era. And they clearly cared for one another. Friends that hadn't seen one another in a fair amount of time were able to reconnect Families were clearly family units. There was a lot of love. There was a lot of affection among the, the family units and, and um, a, a sense of brethren among the, um, the, the hunters that came together. I thought that was very yeah. touching. Yeah, and, and the last thing I'll say, it was interesting the way that they showed, and this isn't a huge spoiler, but they showed that different tribes were aware of each other and had relations that were not just based on conflict and fighting, like... You got the sense that some of the tribes saw each other maybe once a year, maybe less. But like when they saw each other, they they knew that, hey, these are comrades in arms and we can work with them and we don't have to just degenerate into warfare. And they shared a language. that So I think that made it. Yeah. They, they probably weren't as distant in relationships as um, they're coming upon each other in the middle of the step might have have. Um, suggested they were probably related in some way if they right. had a, a similar cultural and a, and a similar and a similar language right um this has been a little bit more of an anthropology uh discussion than our typical film podcast but overall i liked it um uh, this just came out i think this was released in the u.s on august 17th so this just came out hopefully we haven't given away too much of alpha's plot uh, but uh, if, if you have any interest in prehistory or even just a good, solid, family-oriented uh, action-slash-adventure, I think that this is definitely a, a solid movie. You know, is this is this uh, ca as good as Castaway? Is this uh, as good as The Ape Scene in 2001? Probably not. Certainly, I think, better than Clan of the Cave Bear, which is, again, admittedly that. a low bar. Uh, but again, I think... You know, it's a it's a serious attempt to portray what these people might have been like. Um, definitely, uh, uh, definitely a good review from me. Any last thoughts you want to make, Amy? 
see it. It's worth it. It's it's a a good story. It's it feels good. It's beautiful to look at. The trajectory is very clear. It doesn't try to be to do too much in too short a time. Um, and it's it's internally consistent. All righty. All right, everybody. That's uh, 2018's Alpha. And uh, we'll be back uh, with another podcast soon. Thanks, guys.